June 9th, 2020 was the last time we did Kevin Smith view a universe in review over wow. two years ago. We reviewed Jay and Silent, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. And here we are. Clerks three. What a journey, everybody. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes. I'm joined by the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. That is that's so ridiculous. I hate hearing that. We've been yeah. here for so long. <laughs> it's, it's gonna, we also have it's gonna be over soon. Big dog, Kevin Koala. Hey man, what's up? Hey. hey dude, we got a real tie tie, Kevin, today. So we're gonna see how tie-tie. this goes. I'm kind of excited for it. We'll see. Uh the producer slash seducer Nick Scarpino's here as well. Schnugans, Sam Schnugans. Schnugans to you. And rounding out the group, the big biggest Kevin Smith fan I know, the big daddy, Greg Miller. I'm wearing my Mallrats shirt, Tim. I'm wearing my Mallrats shirt, but it's chilly, so I'm also wearing a sweatshirt. Yeah. But I don't yeah. have a Mallrats sweatshirt. It's it's yes. good. The, the two shirts are so close to color, in color. It looks like you just peeled one off the other one. It was like, you know, like the middle of it. Kind of fun. Kind of Why fun. 72. What's it say? Why does it say 679PX on my face? What was that all about? <laughs> Oh, Kevin's recited. It's a new OBS update. Don't worry oh, about yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that. I'm not don't concerned about it yourself. Everybody. I'm not yeah. even concerned don't about it. Let me look at the chat right now. Thing. I see Olive Party, Olive Party. I'm not concerned about it. Don't, don't worry about, about it. Right. Yeah, don't worry about it. Pixels is what that means. Of course, this is kind of funny. Pieces of pie. <laughs> I don't think so. Kind of funny. It's Kevin Smith, View Us Universe in review, where we rank, review, and recap every movie in the Kevin Smith, View Us Universe. Of course, I wanted to let you know that you can get this show on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com in video form if you want to get it as a podcast search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny in review and we'll be right there for you if you wanted to get this show ad free and watch it live as it's recorded you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny just like our patreon producers molecule and fargo brady have done today we're brought to you by MeUndies and shopify but i'll get to that later let's get right into it y'all clerks three greg miller what's up one thing you've left out and I know mm-hmm. how much the audience loves history and loves factoids, not only about the films we watch, but the films we review and us and something that's, you know, how it's been how many years, two years, he said, since we did the reboot over two years. And we were home in the we were home for that, too. Right. That was a pandemic thing. Wasn't the it? entire thing. Yeah. Good Lord. Uh, one of the things you wouldn't have known back then because we were living it, but it has since crystallized and become a kind of funny factor. This is the least successful in review of all time. You've told me, mm-hmm. right? This is the least mm-hmm. performing yeah. interview mm-hmm. series. So shout out to everybody who showed up today. All right. You know, shout out to you. It's one of those rare instances, Greg, where things aligned, where I was like, just having a Kevin Smith in review this week, probably yeah. not going to be enough for the the sponsorship things that i work on i was like so you know what we're doing two interviews that's why we also did cobra kai this week uh, so the power combined in between those two will equal one normal in review thanks to you, you you beautiful listeners and viewers and thank you for having fun with us even when we're doing stuff that we know is not gonna change the world in terms of views but we're doing it for you we're doing it because we're passionate about it we love this shit right andy cortez Greg, when you were shouting out the viewers and thanking them for being here, were you also thanking me for being here? Because you should. No, no, that's your job. We pay you to be here. You should thank me to be here. Why? I, I, like, I like this new overly confident Andy. Just cocky. Just coming cocky. Why not? <laughs> uh, we're talking Clerks 3. 
with a runtime of one hour and 40 minutes. But just a little note for you guys. If you watch the Fathom Events version, there is also a three-hour-long documentary that they play after it about the <laughs> making so of this Just make movie. sure you pee right where the credits start. I don't – yeah, just I don't – I don't. once the credits end – Was it really that for long? the credits. No, for, it was no, like 30 no. minutes. But it definitely <laughs> – since it was out it's of the blue nowhere – yeah. And it was that thing where, like, we all were getting up, and then it kept it started, and we all went back down. And then it was that thing of like, are we in? Are we all committed to this? And then at the end, I was like shocked. Lionsgate. I was like, all right, well, we should have left probably. But I can't believe none of us stood up. And I kept thinking, I'm gonna be the one. I'm gonna be the one to set the stage, and everyone's gonna follow. And then I was like, I don't want to be the one. I, you know, if Kevin or Greg care about this, I don't want to like poo-poo them. I don't want to shit on their their fun. You know, Nick Scarpino. Now, to be fair, I, I did do that. I, I gave Greg some shit. I gave everyone some shit. I was joking around the entire time. But the only reason that I stayed and why, why I put out the air of we have to stay for this was because I think Joey was really just not feeling it. And I was like, well, that makes this so much better, right? She's having a bad time. I'm having a great time. Sure. Yeah. Nick, I don't yeah. think you have the power to get up and get everyone else going, if I'm being honest. You know, I, I, I would have tried, got though. I would have tried. Yeah. I walked Anyways. up to Barrett, who was... Um, he had, he had also left while I was in the restroom, and then I came back, and then uh, he just sort of sat there, and he was standing next to the kind of the entrance where you eventually walk up the stairs to get to your seat. Sure. And uh, I just had I had to go back to him. I was like, "Hey, I'm calling the Uber. Like we've been here for 20 minutes. Like I'm calling the Uber. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stand here and watch the rest of this. So uh, yeah, we got out of there pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, runtime of one hour, 40 minutes, released on September 13th, 2022, directed and written by Kevin Smith. Uh, the budget, you want to guess, Nick? What was the budget of Clerks 3? The budget of Clerks 3? Ooh, ooh, $10 million. $7 million. Okay. $7 million Sounds from Clerks right. 3. Right, well, um, and uh, box office so far of $1.1 million. So, good for you. I think you're going to make this back. Uh, but... With all that said, let's get into our thoughts on this. Greg, I want to start with you. You know, <laughs> the way to sum up Clerks 3, I think, and I mean, even to start, I think, is that I'm just too close to the franchise, I think, to give you an objective review in any way, shape, or form. Because at the end of it, uh, we were getting ready to leave. Uh, Kevin called me out for not hugging him when I left because we were in a hurry to get home to the babysitter. It was, it was rude, for a loop. when I make that out there. Jared just... Petty was there. Like, Jared Petty wasn't planned to be there, but... I as I was the show started, he's, I was like, I can't see. He was like, I'm in town. I'm like, I'm oh, sorry, we're at the movies. And I shut my phone down. And I had sent a tweet saying we were out there. And so he saw that and then came to find us. And they found us at the Metreon. So, but it was still like, this is a lot to deal with. I gotta see you, Jerry. We gotta go to the name. And when I hugged Kevin Coelho, you know, the other big Kevin Smith fan here, he said something to the effect of, "Wasn't it great?" And I said, "I don't know. I I I I don't know if it was a great film or not, but I know that I enjoyed it." And we're now days removed from it. And uh, if you're here, I assume you're one of the dozens who have taken this in review for Kevin Smith's journey with us. And so you've heard all the stories from me and how much Kevin Smith means to me, how much these movies mean to me, and how, you know, me, I, me, I, just me, not even most of my high school friends would watch them over and over and over again. And I felt like I knew Dante and Randall and Brody and TS and yada, yada, yada. So I'm so in on it, so into it that I think. On my, I, it's a tragedy that this movie isn't uh, on demand or playing a little bit more wide 
Because I would have glad I would have watched it again. I, I wanted to watch it again before in review doing this, and I couldn't. And even today, I had an easier day at work, and I looked to see if it was playing anywhere at a normal time. It is not. It's like on one screen at every theater in San Francisco. So I days removed from it find myself going, man, I remember leaving the theater and not being sure if it was a good film, but I can't come up with the concrete examples of what was off-putting to me when I was watching it. All I'm left with is the memories that I enjoyed, the stuff that I really liked in the film, the stuff that I found incredibly touching and I wasn't expecting for a, a Clerks film, let alone a Clerks 3. And so I really liked Clerks 3. And I think if, you know, memory serves, there was lines I thought were weird. I thought there was composition of scenes that I thought took me out of it and didn't, and were very much like, oh, we're just shooting a person talking. And there's a few different drop-ins of characters and things like that and moments and yada, yada, yada. Like Kevin is always throws a lot at, Kevin Smith throws a lot into this picture and throws a lot on the screen. And you're left with, well, that worked for me or didn't work for me. But for me, days removed from it. What did work for me is what I remember and what stands out for me and what I keep going back and f- back to. And I remember actually being in the film, I think in the first half of the, f- the picture, where we're building up to uh, Randall's heart attack and it hasn't happened yet. And being like, oof, like, I don't know if I'd ever want to watch this again. And now that I'm on the other side of it, I really want to go back and watch it again. Kevin, what do you think? So when I came over and like demanded a hug from Greg... And said that to him. As you should. You know I didn't do it on purpose. It was just, you know, like, going on. It felt very on purpose, and I was quite hurt. Uh, I don't think that I'm over it either still. But we'll get to that later at some point. Uh, but I uh, I was so saddened. Because he sounded way less positive when he said, he was like, oh, I don't know about that. Because I loved everything about this movie. Like, it, there were... Uh, there weren't any standout moments where I was like, "Ugh, great, he's making this same dame, dumb joke again." Instead, I, I felt the opposite. I felt like, "Holy shit, he put a lot of heart into this movie. He made some decisions that you, you I mean, you, you could go back from, but like, I, I don't think there's any reasonable way to go back from." And I think overall, I was so happy, and it does feel like the conclusion of this story. Uh, I mean. Will there be a Clerks Four someday? I'm sure he's gonna need the money, and we'll get there. And I hope that <laughs> it like he puts the same amount of heart behind it. But um, yeah, I was utterly shocked. I came into this movie being ready to be wildly disappointed, and there were a couple moments that I feel like really, really got to. He made some choices with the 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 journey that these characters went on, where I was like shocked and really like I don't know impressed by and like. I, I liked how bold he was about things. Um, and it just overall, like, it's a nostalgia movie, and it, it hit me in the mm, right spots. Sure. And, like, as, a, like, a, a big fan of Kevin Smith, I was, like, what a return to form for me. Yeah. Andy Cortez. Um, This one might be my favorite of all of them, even though I still didn't really love a whole lot about it. I just think it kind of wraps up really well and they hit those emotional beats like pitch perfectly, I think. All of the the flashbacks and everything that happened, like I think all that done all that stuff was do- just done so that like it, it was it kind of like beat for beat what you need to do in order to elicit an emotional reaction from somebody. <laughs> and they nailed it. And that's somebody who I I don't really care about the Viewsk universe, and it still worked for me in those moments. Uh, aside from that, 
these Kevin Smith movies are very much like, um, I don't know, maybe trying to show a Gen Z kid dumb and dumber and be like, isn't this super funny? Like, <laughs> I think you had to be there and be in it and be living in it in order to be fully into it. And uh, with a lot of these movies, I feel like maybe 20% of the humor has worked for me where there's some really funny lines and a lot of it. I just kind of like, uh, it's just not my vibe. Um, but I understand that it, I think a lot of the fandom is you had to kind of be there. It's like me trying to show you all my favorite band, Coheed and Cambria. And it's just not like getting that same sort of thing that you, that I get from it, you know? Um, yeah. But I think this is still like probably the best put together movie. He's the, I think it's really messy early on and kind of <clears throat> is trying to find its footing. But I, yeah, I think it ends with a, it, it leaves, you leave with a really good taste in your mouth being like, Man, they they fucking crushed the final moments of this movie. Um, I still like. I, I just cannot watch Dante act. Like, I, it, <laughs> it's just he's, really he's still feels. It's just still really feels like watching somebody on stage. And a lot of the moments that the actors are acting, it really feels like they are not acting with another actor. It sounds like they are acting with somebody reading the script because maybe COVID ran into. They ran into issues or something like that, but it just really feels like there's moments where one person's looking at the camera. It doesn't feel like they are acting opposite of somebody. It's more of like they're fed a line, then they read back the line. But yeah, a lot of Dante's lines still very much remind me of watching like theater in high school. And it's uh, I think Baird kind of kind of nailed it when we were talking about it on the drive home, mentioning that he's like reacting because he has to hit a cue as opposed to like reacting because whatever He's the listening uh, line and feeding. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Um, and all that stuff is just like really hard to get away from. But um, again, yeah, I think the movie wraps up really nicely. And I, I think it's one of the better put together moments, I think in all of his movies. Nicholas. Um, you know, we we got to uh, the end of the movie, and you get a little bit of I mean, spoilers. You get a little voiceover from Kevin Smith talking about what this meant to him, and then we get the 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 package that they play at the end of it, which is like the making of behind the scenes thing. And it dawned on me that I think it's just a lot more fun for me to watch and listen to Kevin Smith talk about making Clerks Three than it is to actually watch Clerks Three. I think a lot of this movie is based heavily on nostalgia. And obviously that's what you know going into it. I knew the acting was going to be bad. I knew a lot of the jokes weren't going to play. Um, the, the jokes that did catch me got me really, uh, really fast and really hard. And Greg knows the ones I'm talking about. But uh, those were very, very Shut few and far Shut the fuck up. It's night time. time. <laughs> <laughs> Which, God, so funny, so funny. Um, and all those, mo- you know, there are some moments that, that really hit. But there's a lot of stuff that just didn't, that just I think Kevin Smith put in there because, you know, for the hardcore fans or for the nostalgia value of it and for those people that it's going to mean uh, something to and sometimes that was me and sometimes I was like I would have cut this scene out I would have cut the scene out with the kid uh, in in the uh, the hospital taking his pants down for Jesus or for Satan or whatever it was yeah. I would have cut out 10 to 15 minutes of the, the first act of this movie because I'm like the whole point of this is that he has to have the heart attack but we're still you know here um but, you know, Kevin Smith made the movie because there's a lot of people out there like Kevin, like myself and like Greg, who grew up watching these, love them. I mean, Kevin Smith's one of the guys, one of the reasons why I wanted to be in film and in entertainment to begin with, right? He's very inspirational. He's a very charismatic guy. Um, and so for that and for that alone, I absolutely, I think it's worth seeing this movie and I'm glad we supported it. 
Um, but I walked out and I said kind of the same thing I've unfortunately said with the majority of Kevin Smith movies I've seen in the last like 10, 15 years, which is that I'm glad I watch it. I love Kevin Smith. I hope the man lives forever and keeps making movies. I don't think I need to watch this movie ever again. Um, and I don't, you know, Clerks is a movie that's special to me, but it's a movie that's special to me, not because of the actual value of the movie. It's because of the story behind the movie. It's because of how inspiring it was that this group of people who aren't actors, who aren't filmmakers, got together and they made something that transcended time and, and had a cultural impact. And so in that regard, it's cool to see them back. It's very, very, I love how many people they got back. Like every single person seeing them again was cool and kind of getting a little more of their story. And, you know, it's nice what he said about, um, you know, Jane Silent or uh, Dante and and Randall and giving them a future. It's just I didn't walk away with that necessarily. Um, I didn't walk away thinking, okay, you know, like this is a fitting, uh, you know, send off for these guys. He had to tell me that, which is kind of it's I'll fine, that. but it yeah. it is what it is. And also, you know, I'm a sucker for a movie within a movie. I always will be. But I thought there would be a little bit more about the movie making behind it and the trials and tribulations, not just like a, who should shoot this. Okay. Well, we'll just figure that out so we can keep the core group of people together. I thought it was going to be a lot more like, um, and I never saw this movie, and so I, I have no context for it, but they made so a group of filmmakers made a movie about the making of Clerks, right? Yeah. And I, I well, forget yeah. what it was called, but that one looked way more interesting to me than I think I walked out with uh, from Clerks 3. Of course, having said all that, I love these characters. I love the Clerks franchise. If you're on the fence of seeing this, please go support it, because it's, it's very heartfelt, and... This is going to sound like an insult, and I don't mean it. They tried really, really hard to make a good Clerks <laughs> 3 movie. Yeah, they really, that's really a did. really good way to put it. And they gave it their fucking all. And I'm always going to root for the guys or the team that gives it their all, even if they miss the mark. And unfortunately on this one, they did a little bit, but I'm still glad I went, and it was still a good time. Timothy, uh, Robert Geddes, what do you think? I think Nick actually just teed me up perfectly for that, where it's like they really cared and they tried to to make this as good of a Clerks 3 as possible. And I, I actually think they achieved that. Like, I don't think Clerks 3 could have been better than what this movie was. I don't think this is the best thing ever, but I do think that it is the best the Clerks story can do for us as an audience, for them as filmmakers, like for the friendships that they've had that we've watched on screen now for, for decades, even watching these movies back to back, like... To, you know, we've been doing a lot of in reviews for older movies recently or franchises that have spawned like or went up throughout decades, right? With Cobra Kai, Karate Kid, with Rocky and stuff and to kind of see character growth and like actors. And it's like this weird familiarity you get with these people. And I think the Viewers universe is such a good example of that where our attachment at some point is to the people, not necessarily the characters, because sometimes they're different characters. Sometimes they're the same. And like, it's interesting to go back to the beginning with Clerks that had Clerks 2 that was, in my opinion, a, a letdown and a, one of the lower points of the uh, Buisk universe when we rewatched them and all that. Um, seeing this, I'm like, I think that a lot of the criticism I've had of some of the uh, other movies are they either focus way too much just on the humor and it like ends up just being a whatever movie uh, with things like Jane Silent Bob, uh, the original Strikes Back, uh, or they do something that the novelty is what makes it good, like Clerks 1. I feel like it's rare that they can kind of like make those things coincide in a way that that at the end of the day feels right, of having heart, having a novelty, and being funny. And I feel like Jay and Silent Bob reboot was close to that, but still missed the mark entirely. I think that this one almost overcorrected with being more heartfelt and that being the point than anything. But I think that overcorrection actually worked in its benefit, and that's why I think that this is 
the best Clerks 3 can be because I think that they had something to say, which I, I remember being a criticism that I had about a lot of the other movies, uh, especially recently. Um, reboot, I thought, had something to say. This, I thought, had multiple things to say, and I thought they did a pretty good job. Sure, it's heavy-handed as hell, but I appreciated the idea of, like, no matter how old you get, these guys are old. You can still make life changes. You can still do something that betters the situation that you're in and all of that. And just the the fact that this movie is about friendship and about how hard friendship can be and dealing with death and the choices they made with um, Rosario Dawson's character and, like, the timing of it all and it being involving, like, dr- drunk driving and stuff. It's like, I love the, the elements that all came together of just, like, hey, man, Clerks is a slice of life. And, like, Clerks 3, it's, like, looking back at that life and just being, like, man, life's unpredictable. Anything can happen. And it's, like, the people around you are what matter most and yourself and how you see each other and be there for each other. And I think this movie did a oddly satisfying job of telling that story if being a little bit one note and being a little bit like everything you expect to be there is gonna be there but isn't that kind of what we want from a kevin smith movie yes <laughs> i mean yeah. that's what he keeps I, serving so that you know i mean yeah, that's <laughs> right. and it's that you know it's the long thing it's funny uh you know as we've been talking i've been watching the patreon chat and you know mark freeman is in there giving out a bunch of facts and stuff and he says he has said no clerks for to which I would, of course, like roll my eyes at as Kevin just did. Or I was like, I remember when Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back was the final. This is it. Mm-hmm. We are saying goodbye to the View Askew universe. It was on the red carpet talking about it. This was it. And of course, it was tied up in uh, Jay's substance abuse at the time, which, of course, he's recovering from, so, you know, is doing great. Um, but it was also the fact that, like, that began the hey, this is our last time doing this. I'm putting everything into this film. Everybody's in the film. Everybody's getting a cameo. And that kind of then just became what these VSQ films are, right? That we want the cameos, you want the crossover, you want the thing, you want the callback, you want to see Brody, you want to do whatever, right? And granted, when there's so many years between all of them, it makes a sense and does that to it or whatever. It builds a certain way. You know, one, I, you know, my more realistic knock against the movie as a fan right is something that i remember us doing for clerks 2 in review and it was something i had never really analyzed but i I thought i said it well on the show right and it was the fact that i thought clerks 2 ended where act one should have ended of clerks 2 like i've already seen dante Mm. and randall be the asshole friends to each other have the fight and then realize okay we love each other and we're connected for a long time and clerks that was clerks then clerks 2 was that again along with obviously more dante relationship drama different setting (laughs) was clerks one yeah different setting right and so that was one of the things that i found disappointing about this film and again that they again i agree with everything you've said and again i enjoy the film of how much hearts and how much they tried how much everybody's part of it right and it's the fact that there are the multiple threads in a plot a plot b plot and even the c plot i would say to some degree right but it is the idea that we go to the same place of randall is still being a dick and Rand, you know i remember this during clerks too where i was i was wanting more of a change from randall and kevin being like well that's who randall is and that's what it's going to be and, da, 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 da. and so to get here and have it be the same thing and have it be that he is looking past such a traumatic event in dante's life to get them there to then have the fight to then have it all go it's that thing where to again you know multiple days later i remember in the car with jen on the ride home talking about that i was like oh man i didn't like that they did that blah blah but again, it ends so well this time around in terms of like with the story they're telling and where they go and putting Dante and Randall and their friendship on ice or whatever. And, and, you know, in cement and like this is the final shot of it or whatever. Like 
I thought that was well done. Back to Nick's point that he brought up that I think is super salient. Like, I don't, when the movie ended, like, and I'm talking about, we're panning away, you know, back from the quick stop. They're running around the kites. Dante's at the register. Randall's next to him. They pan back and they go to credits. I leaned over to Tim. I'm like, they're not going to do anything with the movie. Yeah, they can't. Like, I was expecting this to be that we would go to the premiere. It would be very similar to the, as this entire film is, the real clerk story where nobody shows up except one guy who's like, this is it. And I'm in. And here, and like, you don't get that. And then Kevin Smith pops up and he's like, hey, thanks for watching. You know, blah, blah. I was going to do this whole thing on the pan out that would have been the voice of Smod and it would have done this and it would have done that. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, you're doing it right now. Yeah. And it's weird that you thought you didn't need to do it, but then you watch the film, you're like, shit, we did need to do it. So I'll do it here in the credits. Like, it's a weird way to do it. Timothy. That, that wasn't so much my read on it. And like, there was things happening. So we weren't, didn't have a full conversation about this when you said that to me. But I actually liked it because I think that it, it that's the novelty that we like about Kevin Smith is him kind of being able to give an alt version, like the fun director's commentary. Right? Like, that's kind of the something that makes Kevin Smith special and having it during the credits, I thought was like a fun thing. I like that we didn't get that third act stuff. Because because I think it backed up the plot of this movie of them having that whole uh, push about like not having the third act, right? Like them even having the thing of like, let's not stay for, for the rest of it. Like whatever, we don't need to see the ending. I liked that and how it's backed up with them not having what we expected the story to do. And we know where that goes. Like we know, cause it's based yeah. on this life, right? It's interesting though, because like all the stuff you guys are, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, but getting to the end of this movie as kind of big and grandiose and a lot of the stuff that happens in this is a lot more kind of i guess way more important than the stuff that happened in clerks 2 i feel like the end of clerks 2 is a more fitting ending for dante and randall we're like these let's be honest these aren't the most highly achieving people on the planet so for that for their future just to literally be like hey we're gonna buy the quick stop and reopen it and we're gonna co-own it together that makes a lot of sense and I feel like that was a great ending, and that story was like, we're done. So so coming back into it in this, I'm like, there's a couple things that happen where I'm like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get off to the races uh, on that one. But yeah, I feel like the ending didn't exactly stick. Kev, what were you gonna say? Uh, I was just gonna say, like, I, I actually really um like the the fact that this movie starts and it's right away kind of like, oh hey, remember that happy ending? Like he he didn't get that happy ending, and then way later it's revealed that like he didn't get any of that happy ending. He was She's like, you know, Rosario Dawson's character was around for maybe a couple of months before she passes away. So, yeah, like, she was pretty pregnant in the scene where they wheeled her in, right? So, you know, we're talking about less than six, seven, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so it is like, I that I kind of liked how that was like, oh, um, Dante's in the same place, but that's because, like, outside, it things, ripped away. yeah, ripped away, and he couldn't move past that. Like, I, I think it was a like, I don't know. It that made a lot of sense, and I and I like that we. I don't know that I. Li- I mean, it, it bummed me out. Obviously, I mean, look, wildly you gotta tragic. Put, yeah, but yeah, they, you got to put gave, him in some place different, right? right. Obviously, but, that's, but that's also it's funny because it's like they put him in some place different, but in a lot of ways the same, right? So his the the ending of Clerks Two is the look. There's the happy. They're getting all this happy ending. Their life is gonna be back to Clerks One, but this time they're choosing to be there and 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 make all these things happen. Yeah. But then the reality is, it like, this movie's like, hey, it didn't. And it's not because he wasn't making decisions. It's because decisions came in out of his control. Yeah, and, and, and totally I would be okay with that. 
if Dante were the main character of this, but he kind of isn't. He, it's I think that Randall is the one that kind of kicks everything off, which would have been yeah. it would have made more but, sense if Dante was like, I want to be the one to make the movie. Yeah, because but that I mean, was it, it, this yeah. this whole movie is about Randall realizing that Dante is the main character of the movie that he's making and the relationship that he has with him. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. Which um, it, it, I, I agree. Treading, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no apologies at all. You're, you're great. I, I agree with all that, but I'm also in the I'm also in the camp of I wish it was more it was legitimately Dante was the main character of this movie because I I was I, I thought that Randall and getting the hair up his ass to make a movie and I'm like that's a great way to go but it was every time Dante did pop up like you know what I mean I think they did such a great job of peppering in Rosario Dawson's death right where from the start, like the very beginning, right? He's doing the coffee. He's doing everything we know about he does in the quick stop. And then he walks over and pats the obituary or whatever it is on the uh, mm-hmm. cashier. I don't remember like, oh, shit. And then like to get to the hospital, right? And have Randall wheeled off and then have the flashback of her being wheeled in. I was like, oh, fuck. And then I thought very on the nose, just talking to her for a while at the gravestone about who they're fucking in heaven. I was like, all right. And then, but then I thought how good the movie scene was. And then obviously how good his explosion was. And then how amazing the scene was for them. And like, I loved all that. And I would have wanted even more of that. I would have wanted more of that from Dante's perspective throughout. I got it. Don't get me wrong, but I would have preferred him to actually be the main character of this film, even though that it is Randall realizing he's the main character of the trilogy. And back to something I think Nick's talking about uh, earlier about how, good the clerks two ending was for them i think what i like about the clerks two ending not more than more than i guess what we get for clerks three and stick with me is the fact that clerks two felt like definitive it felt like we were closing the book and it felt like we're leaving them there happily ever after and i know that's the whole point is it isn't happily ever after right but the clerks three ending what i thought was so jarring was Nothing with the film, right? Which has been the whole point of this thing. But it's, right. okay, we're done. You know, spoilers, obviously. We're going to spoil the whole movie. We'll start right now, of course. Dante's dead. Okay, that's definitive. But again, it's he dies, and then we are back to the quick stop. And then, you know, uh, uh, Jen, Kevin's real wife shows up. The ex, you know, the ex-fiance shows up. Uh, throws mad shit at Randall, understandably, because he's a dick to her. But then also is just like, Oh, I bet you're grieving and completely fucked up and your best friend's dead and yada, yada, yada. And he's like, yep. Well, oh, we got the money from the thing. We got a million dollars. Here's your money. It's all over. He, she walks out well-played clerks. And then he sits at the cash register and says, you know, I really miss you, buddy, or whatever. And then Dante's there and we pan. And it's just like, I, I feel like that is such a open thread. There's so much still going on there. And yes, that's how life is. And that's how stories go and yada, yada, yada. But you know, for Kevin in the pre-show, Kevin Smith in the pre-rigmarole, talking about this is the end of the trilogy, the Clerks trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. And then to do the whole thing of the pan back and then uh, during the credits, oh, I was going to do this, but I decided not to, but I'm telling you all the same. For me, it was like, I wanted that because, again, that was closed. And I feel like it was removed because I'm assuming, even though you won't get another Clerks, you will get another View Askew movie. And so Kevin wants to be able to go to the quick stop and have Randall be there with Elias and we get a check-in on them doing whatever and yada, 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 and not us go into that being like, well, he's going to die at 90 years old and be a famous director. And like, I was just like, eh. Do you think, it, do you think it, when they do that... Clerks 4, they do uh, Dante as a Force Ghost? <laughs> I mean, they kind of already yeah. did, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I was going to say, if, when, if and when they do, uh, if but they it, give, whatever happens next with Randall and he's a main character in a View Scoo movie, yes, there will be some kind of Dante Force. But it will Perfect. for sure be Randall's gone crazy, though, right? Yeah, probably. Can't Andy, answer. 
I want to get to you in just one second. But before we do that, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by me, Undies. We've all heard of gut instinct, but have you ever heard of butt instinct? It's when your butt tells you it wants new undies. Listen to your butt. Luckily, we work with MeUndies, makers of the most buttery, soft, and sustainable undies, bralettes, and socks that exist. You know that I have lived my life, MeUndies, head to toe for the majority of the last couple years. I'm just all in on MeUndies because they are absolutely the most comfortable uh, clothes I've ever put on my body. Available in sizes extra small to 4XL. They have new colors and prints dropping weekly, so there's always something exciting to check out. You can try their free-to-join membership for free shipping on every order and exclusive perks like an item shipped to your door every month, secret sales, and early access to their newest stuff. MeUndies has a great offer for you guys out there. For any first-time purchasers, you get 20% off plus free shipping and returns. To get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. Shout out to Shopify for sponsoring this episode. Shopify powers our very own kindoffunny.com slash store, our merch store. And we love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. Shopify unlocks the opportunity of your business to more people every day, every 28 seconds. An entrepreneur like you makes the first sale on Shopify. Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. You can reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. You can go to shopify.com slash kfgames, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash kfgames right now. That's S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash kfgames, all lowercase. Eddie Cortez, what's up? Is that what those, what the, what the plans were for them to actually have the premiere? Because I, I was gone for the credits. I hit credits and then I, that's when I was talking with Barrett outside. So I didn't get a lot of his insight in that moment, in those moments. The premiere? Yeah. No, yeah. his plan was to yeah, I think his plan was to say like to do like a where the characters ended up after but this. It was like, going to be gotcha. a voiceover okay. that explained. Yeah, he, when they what did, happened. did you see the pan back from the Dante and Randall at the that the right. yeah when his yeah, yeah when his force ghost is standing there or whatever yeah, yeah then, originally Kevin said during the credits Kevin Smith like while the credits are rolling a VO from Kevin Smith pops up very podcast like and he says that he had toyed around with the idea that when they panned back there would be what he called the voice of smod because of smodcast and all that but god right being like and randall released the movie and it was a huge hit and it launched a career but he still found time to come back to the quick stop and work there in between his films and he did this whole thing and like at when he was 90 being interviewed he said you know I used to think uh, the job would be great if it wasn't for the fucking customers, but in reality, it was because of the fucking customers. Okay. That was going to be the end of it. And I'm right. like, I like that. I like that as yeah. a boom. We've closed Clerks and put it on a shelf. And like I we could have. That would have been a great it. scene to see, right? Randall going like, I, in and being interviewed by someone when all day battle day. Well, I don't even up, need to see know? it. I do. No, yeah, I, the pan the back and voiceover I thought would have worked really well again to close yeah. the Clerks book and put it on the shelf and be definitive. Whereas I feel like this is purposely lacking that definitive nature so that when 
Jay and Silent Bob or Harley Quinn Smith or Brody or whoever it is, Mall Brats, whatever next thing is going to happen out in the view skewverse, they can still go to the quick stop and have Randall behind the counter and have it be like, oh, cool. Like, I'm not hung up on the fact that Randall's supposed to be shooting movies or in between shooting movies or whatever the hell it is, or that I know where Randall's story is going. I'm just, I'm just hung up on the fact that like the pivotal climactic scene, they couldn't finish. I'm like, how did you finish this movie without your, when your, one of your leads died midway through? I was I mean, a little well, weird I mean, they, they, so you think in that $27,000, $500 budget, they had enough CG budget to like, to like composite <laughs> someone in? CG back then. We just used body doubles and stuff. They, com- they did. They composited them in. They used other shots from other spots to, to put them in. No, it was not good. It didn't look good, but they didn't do that. So, No, Bendy Cortez. Hit me with the plot song, please. So here's the plot. So here's the plot. I, I was going to have my guitar, but I don't know the notes. I can't. I couldn't learn how to play the song right now, but that's my <laughs> Chemical Romance Welcome to the Black Parade, a fantastic opening. Oh, yeah. 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 That was, that, like, it was a weird one, and I was sucks that Tim's walking away at this point because he usually has good music feedback and input. But I thought it was a banger of a soundtrack, but it was a banger of a soundtrack where the bangers distracted me often totally. from what I was watching. <laughs> totally. I was like, man, the wrong we vibe. all in on this song. It's a great <laughs> song. Fuck, you know what I mean? Like, I think of, like, Clerks 1 and, like, and men I never get what I want. And I didn't know that word. I didn't know that song word for word when I watched it, right? And I was like, all right, is this, that song from Soul Town, right? <laughs> makes me think of Clerks. Whereas this was like, oh shit, we're bringing in this song. We're doing that. Yeah. Mega Rand's got a song on it. Shout out, Mega Rand. Uh, anyways, uh, for this one, I thought, as you know, the talky talky Kevin Smith sometimes are hard to keep track of because it's just a bunch of stuff happening. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read the Wikipedia so we can jump off very specific things because I was like reading, I'm like, all right, I would never would have referenced that. So. 15 years after Dante and Randall bought the quick stop, the pair's life continues much as the same as before, including hockey games above the store and dealing with Jay and Silent Bob, who have taken over the former, let me finish the sentence, former RST video and turned it into a legal marijuana dispensary, although they still like to de- secretly deal outside the building for nostalgia's sake. Nick. Has the roof always been that small? Yes. Yes. Wow. They, they hit it really the well in Clerks 1, right? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. so funny because I was like, wow. I was like, oh, maybe that was just like a weird cut. And then they cut back out. And I'm like, how is there eight, nine people playing hockey on this roof? And the goals are, you literally spread your arms out and touch each goal. That was weird to me. I'm like, what a shout weird shot. Shout out to Ming Chen being up there, friend of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, again, traditional start, the wet the gum off the locks, do all the stuff, and like we said, get the Rosario Dawson photo in there. Like, okay, cool. And then again, kind of setting up why they own the quick stop. They're living living the dream, but still like not thrilled about anything, right? Uh, I kind of like this you- as an opening, setting the stage, like doing the whole, like, hey, they're playing hockey again. They're doing all the things. Like, I thought they did a good job of doing the montage thing early and uh, being able to move on to the plot. Dante, meanwhile, is still mourning the deaths of Rebe- uh, Becky and their unborn daughter, Grace, after a car accident in 2006 and privately sees her spirit following him around and urging him to move on. They're putting a whole bunch of shit in there, obviously. That's not how fast this all happened down there. But yeah, like we said on the thing, that's going on. And then, yeah, Elias and Blockchain walk in. Uh, they pick that up. One day, Elias and his friend Blockchain uh, are trying to sell Randall their new NFT, NFT kites, uh, which contain the image of Buddy Christ. Uh, Randall suffers a near-fatal heart attack. Uh, again, just some bickering and yelling and stuff here about the old Jesus and the buddy Christ and the kites. Yeah. Uh, the Elias praying for him to get smited. I enjoy yeah. that very much. And like then feeling guilty that it was, he caused it. 
Yeah, right. And that's yeah, that's the whole thing. Of course, they rush him to the hospital after he collapses on a and a bunch of it's potato chips. Uh, and then yeah, you have the whole scene out there. Well, first off, Amy Sedaris shows up as a witch, and yeah, Amy Sedaris, mm-hmm. strangers with in, with candy, right? Strangers with candy. What a fucking performance! What a show! Whatever. Mandalorian when she popped up, I was like. I don't know what you're doing here, but I don't like it. And then she pops <laughs> up in this movie, and I'm like, I don't know what you're doing here, but I but don't, I don't like, like it. Like, there's oh, something yeah. about Amy Sedaris's modern day delivery of lines that I'm just like, huh. It's, I, it's, I'm it's totally a, on the opposite side of that because Barrett leaned over and was like, we can't escape her. And I was like, no, but she fits in here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, this is like she, can can she, you imagine Dante in Mandalorian? <laughs> like, that's where it would. <laughs> that's where things would feel really, really off. Yeah. But like this, like I don't know. She kind of. I didn't see her not fitting in. But I feel like everybody kind of acts. Literally, it's just line delivery. Where I'm like, why is she? Why is it? Mm, I don't know. But again, there's it's, a lot I of love, weird line delivery in Clerks. Don't worry. Love the conversation, though. I mean, you know, the reason that I love Clerks so much is the Star Wars talk. It is the like, hey, they're just they're they're like us. They talk about the things we do, which again, novelty back then, not a novelty now at all. But I thought how they handled it in this movie, I really liked, and that's something that's been a through line of the three Clerks movies, where the Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, back and forth in Clerks Two is one of my favorite bits of Clerks Two, and with this, like the whole. This them the using way. the Mandalorian, <laughs> the this is the way stuff. Like it's talking great. about the right Luke Skywalker coming back, obviously hit close to home for me. So I was like, I like all this stuff. Amy Sedaris, you know, I want to say I like her. I want to say um, I like her. I just don't like her in Mandalorian. But maybe I just don't like her. I don't know. <laughs> you know, Amy, you know, I think it's just a matter of like, oftentimes Kevin Smith kind of stuff. Like, I think a lot of his stuff suffers from the same thing, like a James Gunn movie suffers from, which is let's throw everything in the kitchen sink at all these scenes. And some of the jokes will hit and some of them won't. I personally, I, I think some of that stuff would have worked a lot better if they had cut down these scenes. Cause I think a lot of the tension was actually kind of drawn out of them because we were just with Randall. He's having a widow, widow maker heart attack for like three hours. I'm like, get him into surgery. What's Dude, going on? Why like, are they still yeah, talking here? I was just like, is this, is this, is it? And I know it's based on Kevin's heart attack. So I'm like, is this what a heart attack's like? Where they're I just guess. Like talking to you? They're like, they, they're jokingly breaking the news to you that you're having but, a heart attack right now. Right. But <laughs> I, I feel like so, a lot of that could have been cut down and Amy Sedaris would have worked. And also, I feel like... Oh man, I don't know why Justin Long needs to do voices, dude, but every time I see Justin dude, Long, he does fun. voices dude. now, and they do not and that work. That's my thing. He pops up and he's doing this Buffalo Bill thing, and yeah. I'm like, why? Why, <laughs> why is did, this happening? He, I forget. He did a voice in the last thing I saw him too, which was like, it, it, it didn't it didn't work either, and I can't remember what that was. Yeah, and it's so, one of those things. Where it's like, it's Justin Long, dude. You're, it's so funny to have him as a cameo. Just let him be him. Let him be like. Everyone can't be crazy zany compared to the two crazy zany characters. Randall is the comic relief. Dante's the straight guy. Let everyone else around you, like, let the joke play. It would have made sense if he was doing that voice, but he had, like, crazy makeup or weird wig or, like, he, they made him look, right. like, super different. But it's just Justin Law. He walked yeah. up and started doing the, <laughs> the voice, and I was like, oh, it's not his normal voice. He's going to be the attorney again from Jane Silent Bob uh, reboot, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, then, and then it was like, oh, no, that's not the attorney voice. That's just Buffalo Bill. But, so he's going to be a bad guy. No, he's just he's talking just him through, having a small dick choice. and wanting to shave him. Okay. Just having a, <laughs> I, I mean, I thought he was fun, though. I kind of enjoyed his lunch. This scene here. The lines uh, was, I thought the, the content was funny. It was just one of those of like, you're Justin Long. Weird choice. Like, why yeah. are you doing this voice? 
Uh, Kevin Smith uh, said, I was making peace with the fact that this could be it. He recounts of when the doctor told him he had an 80% chance of dying. And so at one point I started singing what I feel is one of the most positively reinforcing songs ever recorded, which is the opening theme song to Degrassi, The Next Generation. Mm -hmm. And it's a long song, and I was just there for a long time singing. So I feel like that whole it being drawn out and stuff is like representative of the experience. Doesn't necessarily make it like great movie watching experience, but I got to let you all know. When the Degrassi music started playing, I was like, this is all. This is all I need to fucking put this one really high on the list. Thank you guys for that, Didn't Kevin Smith. I, I thank no you for your love of the grassy the next generation. Um. So yeah, that happens, right? And like uh, everything we just talked about happens, and Amy Darius there, and blah, blah blah. And then yeah, he goes into surgery. Dante can't come all the way in, and so then he goes out and hangs out with Elias, and that's when yeah, he, Elias is like you know openly weeping, which I thought that was funny when they couldn't console him. That was funny, and then he's like, I'm gonna turn to Satan. I'm like. That's funny. What? And then he gets up and he's like, times. take me as a concubine. I was like, this is, this is, we've, uh, to Nick's point, like, we've now smashed through into this weird comic relief section of just like, why is this happening? I forget, it, one yeah. of you pointed out that, like, you can see uh, Dante cracking up or whatever. He's laughing. I mean, again, I know someone did talk about that. Um, Again, it's fine. You know what you're getting as a Kevin Smith movie, but it's just to me, I'm like, oh man, some of just a little bit of restraint for some of this stuff, I think would have gone a long way for, for these scenes. And I think the movie kind of was long anyway. You could have cut maybe 10 minutes out of it. It would have tightened everything and made the jokes hit a little bit more, but Kevin Smith likes to write, direct and edit his own stuff. And he's Kevin Smith. So it's one of those maybe maybe the movie wasn't long it was just a 30 minute documentary tagged on at the end that made it when i looked at the watch i was like oh man i thought this went to nine and then they started the doc i was like oh shit (laughs) no honestly like i really feel like that little behind the scenes thing does we should have gotten up it did a disservice and i think it made the overall experience worse like i think that if the movie had just ended and we left i think i think we would have been higher on it than we actually are i'm high on it Anyways, after the surgery, uh, Randall's doctor urges Dante to keep Randall's mood up while he recovers and warns he is also at risk for the same kind of heart attack. Uh, Recovering afterwards, Randall decides he's wasted his life and needs a new purpose, declaring he will make a movie about his and Dante's lives at the quick stop. I think he actually just declares he's going to make a movie. And then he, then he decides later on it's going to be about them at the quick stop. And yada, yada, yada. Um, again, you know, when I watched the trailer, I was like, this is an awkward looking scene. I hope it doesn't play that awkward. It was awkward. When he's like, oh, I'm gonna make a movie. I was like, why yeah. is that the why is that the choice we made for this? But okay, and they you know flat lines or whatever. And it's like, Meh, all right. But back to the quick stop where they all start working on it and stuff, right? And so he writes the <laughs> script in one night or whatever, which I thought was hilarious. Like maybe leave that last part out when he come, brings it in, and then they all start debating different things about uh Dan T and all these little funny twists on it. Uh, Elias is now a Satanist, yada yada yada. Uh, after whole yeah, sorry, Dan, Dan T is a fat piece of shit. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> he walks in looking like a ghoulish man, fucking choke. Um, I want to drop back and I just uh, you know we saw James bob and they have now have a weed dispensary yeah. which is uh which is the video place i think that was such an inspired i was like that's so fucking love smart it. yeah it's so genius kind of overplayed obviously but i love they're like we're gonna deliver the weed in old vhs tapes and all that stuff i was like that's that's fun they, and they let people browse in the shop and then you have to come out and do the deal outside that was yeah funny. i like that fine. too yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. also <laughs> shout out to jay he's looking a lot better like good for him you know? yeah i mean yeah. you know jay he's one of the like here's the thing like jane silent bob when i watch these movies they always have the funniest parts to me. They also have oh, some yeah. of the worst parts, obviously. But to me, Jason Mewes has that that voice and that timing. Sometimes that fucking slays me. And he's got the he's that I mean the line where he comes out 
And it's, I don't so know good. if they, if who wrote that, but if you are old like I am, and when the sun goes down, you expect <laughs> everything just to, to shut the fuck up. It is so, that well, was it's just so great because it's Jay and Silent funny. Bob, and like they're, they, you know, it's Dante and Randall arguing outside the quick stuff, and then they come out of this smoke filled dispense. <laughs> Yo, shut the fuck but, up. It's nighttime. But it's, it's not shut the fuck up. It's, it's after nighttime. 10. It's That's nighttime. The, it's like yeah. the second the sun goes down, <laughs> shut the like fuck up. It was so funny. Nighttime God, is an funny. inspired word choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I like later on, like, and again, to your point where it's like some of it works, you know, you, Jay and Son Bob are hit or miss, right? As much of a fan as you are, I am or whatever. But like that, there was that one for sure. And then when the, later, way later in the film, when Randall comes in, he's like, I need jail for Dante. Who's Dante? The guy next door, the other guy. I mean, so you mean Sergio? <laughs> no, I need your help. I need your help for him. Anything for our guy, Sergio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, after so holding dumb. some failed auditions, Randall decides that he will not only write and direct, but also star in the film as himself, alongside Dante in a supporting role. Of course, we would Miller, ourselves man. a disservice not to talk about the million of auditions here. Tim, your hand went up. I just wanted to talk about a couple of them, uh, mainly Fred Armisen, of course, being there, Ben Affleck in the cameo. Peter but Dunst. most importantly, most importantly, Sarah Michelle Geller, And she's most important because... This is her first theatrical live action film in 13 years. Oh, really? Oh. What a good one to come back for. And that's hard to believe. Her and last, Prince Jr. The last thing Whoa. I saw her in was The the Grudge. Melissa Benoist, too. Supergirl. Dude. Oh, that's what that was. Thank God. I was like, I, could not, I couldn't place her uh, day of. I lost my shit because everyone was playing characters. Like yep. Ben Affleck's playing character. I think even Sarah Michelle Gellar was playing character. No one introduced themselves. And then it cuts, <laughs> he's like, Prince hey, Jr. Freddie Prince Jr. And I was like, so oh good. my God. That, that, was, that was so, so loud. So fucking funny. Like he's just <laughs> gonna go out for this audition out in New Jersey for a couple of days. That was hilarious. That's great. Yeah. I, I, I wanna, like, I, when Ben Affleck was talking, I was like, this is the worst part of all of this. Like, it just did not <laughs> land. It, it, I don't know, it like, it felt almost like Tom Cruise dancing in Tropic Thunder where we're supposed to laugh because this is a mega celebrity doing this silly thing. Mm-hmm. But I like to me, Ben Affleck's part was the least funniest of all of that bit. Um, it, it was another one that went on too long. Where I like yeah. I they, they, made it not, they didn't make a thing about it, but they made a thing of like, oh, yeah, it's not, you know. But as much as we can of it, because it's Ben Affleck. It's not going to be anybody you've seen before. It's going to be a new character for him in the viewers universe. And what it was Boston, whatever the hell the guy's name was. I was like, I would have rather left this ambiguous. I don't need. But also, it's 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 you know what? It's one of those things where like your friend, you ask your friend to to send you a video, and they don't quite send you the thing they want, but you don't feel right cutting it down, so you just include the whole thing, and you're like, oh, just let him do the whole thing. It's too bad it wasn't the guy from Mallrats. I feel like he would be the kind of guy that yeah, Shannon trying to be in a movie, yeah. He's trying to turn his life around. That would work, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, so that all happens. Yeah, and then that happens that they're going to play themselves in the movie or whatever. And Dante's not having it, but too bad. They're going to have to have him. Uh, rather than cast actors, too, they decide they're going to cast their friends as actual. Oh, by the way, Ethan Supley, sorry. Uh, reprising his mall rats. Right. Uh, Looking great. Goddamn sailboat. Yeah. That was jacked. Yeah. Uh, anyways, rather than cast actors, they're going to do actual customers to play themselves. And this is where, like, you know, we go fucking through the looking glass and then back through it somehow yeah. i don't even know how you describe we're into two layers of meta of whatever as they start bringing in the original clerks actors that were the original customers and they're that old now and it's a fucking ridiculous thing and like it's like it's not even 
fan service in the way like reboot or strike back was of like, Hey, whatever happened to Brody? We'll go to the comic shop. It's like, here's the woman who got mad at fucking Randall. Like for not opening the video store, she's back. She's older. She's right. like, all right. This is fucking weird. I love it. We do get a great scene with Veronica where she yeah. comes in hot. And I, I, lo- I was like, Oh, I, in my brain, I was like, Oh, he's gonna, she's divorced. Yeah. He's lost his wife. They're used to date. They're going to reconnect with this brand new career that he's got as like a film producer. And, and she's awesome. And then they end up banging in the car, which is hilarious. And I forgot what line. Oh, I forgot what the line was, but it was a funny line where he's like, is she going to come in or something like that? He's like, no, I think no, he's already yeah, in or something yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that, was, that, that was great. And again, like, you know, back to the fan service or whatever, just the shades of clerks. Right. It's the exact same cut swing of the camera of like her coming into the convenience store fucking pissed screaming yelling at dante again like you know for her to come out of the uh retirement or whatever like i haven't seen her in a vsq film in how long you know what i mean but to be there deliver nail it and then like you know even when she crosses the line and insults you know the fact that none of them have families and then breaks down and mm-hmm. leaves i thought this entire section of like oh damn this is good like this this is the kind of check-in i like on these characters especially then when she's in there talking about her ex and her you know her yeah. daughter's pissed off you know you want to fuck yeah <laughs> like, yeah and this this is after by the way we've seen the rosario dawson scene at the graveyard where she's talking about the people she's fucking having and telling dante he's got to move on and yada yada, yada. and i another... can't believe we didn't get a post-credit scene of them fucking in heaven just saying mm, yeah that's true. i liked it where they left it i, I, I wanted to Again, point out that I think it's something we pointed out while watching Clerks 2 of just like the gulf in in acting talent isn't necessarily present until a real actor's on screen. Until Rosario Dawson's on screen. (laughs) I'm not bothered. I mean, like, um, I'm thinking, who's Dante's? Who's the other guy? Fucking Randall. Randall. Um, like I've never been bothered by Randall's acting. I don't think he's a very good actor, but it's just there's something specific about Dante's delivery. But yeah, when sh- when Rosario Dawson is on screen, it is even more evident of like, oh man, you know what's you know what it Rosario is Dawson, indeed? bring your bring it down a bit. Bring it down. <laughs> it, and it, that's why it's because all of them are of the same caliber, right? And they're 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 entertaining to watch, which is really all they have to be for a Kevin Smith movie. So this is a criticism, right. but it's you know it is what it is. We all know this. But it really is – it's less about when Dante acts opposite her. It's more about when he reacts to what she's saying. And you're like – that because that's actually as hard to do acting-wise as actually saying the lines, which is actually being in the scene and reacting appropriately. And she just nails the tone of everything she is. She's just so damn charismatic when she's on screen. Yeah. It reminds it's also you like, like – she's just a really like, good actor as well. It reminds you of like SNL acting, like someone being there and being like – well, that's all. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you want to talk about you want to talk about that? It's every time Kevin Smith has to react to anything, it's silent Bob. It's like way over. It's like a clown or a mime. Oh, but that's because like that. he can't talk. He's got. But do that's that. of course. I understand yeah, that. Yeah. But I, I also want to point out, just as a random, um, there is nothing more East Coast than having your friend's name be Veronica and you referring to her as Ronnie. Which he does in the car. I'm like, Ronnie. that's so Ronnie. That's so fucking East Coast. Anyway, sorry. Also, the, call, the shout out to Wawa. I like that too. Really yeah. give it a Wawa shout out. That was a good what, line. Yeah. You know, I forget what Jesus wouldn't eat or whatever. And he's more of a Wawa guy uh, or Satan, whoever it was. I forget. Um, yeah. You know, it's the same thing as always with exactly what you're talking about with uh, performances or whatever, where I do feel, you know, uh, it's interesting. Brian Holler and we already talked about Dante in this film, right? Like delivery and the fact that it's, 
he sometimes doesn't sound like he's having a conversation as much as he's, you know, delivering the line. That's the reaction, but not having the process of it or whatever. Right. Not being insane. I've, that's how he's always been. So that's always been Dante, which works, I think, really well for who Dante is and especially putting him next to Randall or whatever. And the way Dante's always, the, you know, like always pissed off, always a little annoyed, yada, yada, yada. However, I really did think his delivery of when he has right before he has a heart attack when he's screaming at randall i thought that was really good and that to me felt super real and raw and natural and in the same way the part in the theater when he's saying goodbye and watching it or whatever which is you know ghostly and ethereal so it's different but like both of those incredibly honest moments i felt played i thought he nailed i thought he really crushed those in a way that i wouldn't have been like Mm -hmm. oh yeah i'm gonna he's gonna make me tear up and yet again and granted we're not playing fair at the end, obviously. <laughs> yeah. This person I've watched, this character I've watched for so many years, doing that, especially in the shadow of my dog dying, and they're talking about best friends and all this shit. Like, I'm on, I'm already on the fucking edge. You know what I mean? Oh, Don't yeah. touch me. I mean, yeah, I was, I was crying, and I had tears in my eyes in those moments. Um, there was a, there was a moment that kind of almost broke the fourth wall for me that I thought, I kind of like tricked and freaked myself out, where Brian O'Halloran is acting in the movie that they're filming and says the line wrong. It's a line where, uh, where he gets sort of chastised for, for <laughs> leaving the word <laughs> and out. Yeah. We can't be improving like Seth Rogen. That was a great line. Great. Um, but he, he fucks up the line and they go, no wrong. And he goes, well, what happened? And it felt like a completely different line delivery that he's ever had. And I was like, wait, is he now acting? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I, it's hard to try to explain what I'm saying, but like, oh, is this a different version of the person because you've been acting the whole time as this guy? Like, I kind of broke my whole brain in that moment, but mm. then he went right back to it. I was like, ah, oh, damn it. That would have been super meta and weird. Love it. Uh, so, yeah, this is where they bring in the customers and we start seeing, uh, you know, maybe, I don't even know. They're, maybe this is where the montage of everybody back, the truly gummed guys back. Again, all the references you've ever heard in a, on a Kevin Smith podcast or yeah, a Kevin Smith podcast or on the clerk's commentary or whatever are coming through in this film now as the fiction of like they they're carrying the cat around and not letting it shit ahead of time so that it'll shit on camera and shit on cue and yada it's like and it's the first shot they film and all this shit it's like so like fuck all right I like you're watching now fiction that is reality but isn't you know whatever Tim I read uh some trivia that the cat was CG in this one because really? they're like they don't want to harm animals <laughs> and that's good that's better <laughs> definitely good really, but it's just yeah, yeah it's really good i gotta say pretty impressive oh no for how they much attention they brought to that cat that i would have believed like they did it practically as like a point to do it the same as before but i don't know they didn't hurt the cat the first time it was just like totally like it was just their first shot that like they were doing with the cat and it just happened to poop and they were like it was perfect we nailed it I want to um, I want to dial back for one second to the choice of filming in black and white, which I love uh, that that moment where I love that moment where he just talks about why he actually filmed it in black and white and like and lays I, down. Yeah, we skip this. This is where you know Silent Bob becomes the DP and right. delivers his one section of line. And I thought this was both interesting and hilarious. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck do I know? It's just art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. good. The the uh, he's like framing it in a lens that almost feels like it's a security camera. Like that line is just like, oh shit, that made me think of some shit. Yeah, that I never thought of before. Yeah, really impressive. Yeah. Although Real I think dope. I yeah. think predominantly the reason why he filmed in black and white was because he couldn't mix color temperatures, with lighting from outside and inside. But anyway. Oh well, yeah. Well, no, because they filmed it. They filmed it on at night, right? So there was it, something. There was it some was, reason why it was because it was cheaper. 
to develop. Was it? I it was cheaper. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I think so. I, I think I don't he had think... mentioned... No, that's think, right. Because that's why they covered. The, no, I'm sorry, they covered the windows because yes. they couldn't. They couldn't mix the color temperatures. Right. But then I guess that negated it because they mixed. They did black and white anyway. I was just reading trivia. They were saying the reason they shot at night was because the store had to be open in the day. Yes, also that's true. Right. Yeah. And then all, that was maybe that sure. was the reason why they they covered closed the, the gates, the, the windows, gates, yeah. and the gates and shit like that. Yeah, anyway, whatever. We're, we're, Mark yeah, Freeman's fucking losing his fucking mind right now. Well, I'm telling you, if you'll let me talk, I'm like, yeah, that's why the plot point is that they put the gum in the shutters and why it's established right away in Clerks 1 so that, yeah, they can have the shutters closed and they can film at night and not, and have the yeah. store work as normal during the day. And why the same exact thing that happens here. You're watching a documentary that is Clerks, <laughs> about Clerks. It's weird. Anyways, um, <laughs> we already did all this stuff. Yeah, Dante takes on the producer role and convinces his ex-fiance, Emma, to loan the production $30,000 with Dante's half of the quick stop as collateral. Uh, Jane, Silent Bob are brought back as cinematographers. Uh, black and white. Uh, Elias and Blockchain uh, serve as production assistants. And I, you know, even in Clerks 2 and in the first half of this, have never really liked Elias. Like, I get it. Yeah, you're a Jesus freak, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, in the pillow pants stuff. Like, I never thought it was all that funny. Him his, him as Elias the Satan uh, worshiper, I loved. Like, I really did. The costumes getting more and more outrageous and him I just being ridiculous. Too. Like, even passing out or, you know, from the uh, cat allergy. I was like, yes, this is great. I like this quite a bit. I don't know where I fall on the Elias situation in general. Because, like, I got to say, it made me laugh multiple times. But it also made me think, like, this is not good multiple times and sometimes in the exact same scene. So I don't, I don't really know, but I, you know what? I appreciate it. I, appreciate I think a lot it, of I it think. was blockchain being there with him that I was like, I fucking hate looking at this dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's me, an, man. <laughs> I'm just annoyed right now. Yeah. As the shoot <sighs> for the tentatively titled inconvenience continues. Stupid name. DJ. God, so uh, funny. Every time yeah. he did that. <laughs> Dante grows increasingly frustrated with Randall's micromanaging direction and perceived disrespect towards him in the script. Uh, after Randall tries to recreate the donkey show at movies, Dante panics and abandons filming due to the location reminding him of Becky. Of course, he, yeah, I thought, again, this was, I, I liked this a lot. Like, I like being in Dante's head this much of seeing what he's going through. I think that's more entertaining than him being the, I'm not even supposed to be here today, Randall. Like, I like this, I like seeing this a lot. And so seeing him lose it, run away. Uh, also hilarious when Jane and Bob show up to smoke out movies employees or whatever and they just have this dance scene I'm like that's always fun I always like that I fucking love it it felt so like that's the type of thing that should be cringy but because it's a Kevin Smith movie and we know what we're getting I was like good thank you guys this was fun yeah I'm yeah. also a big fan of the the comedian the woman that was in the movies yeah outfit. yeah um host of the circle on Netflix oh is that right mm-hmm. she's the VO as well Oh, it's always okay. her and that other comedian. I forget her name. Mm-hmm. They always like they always yeah, they have like do, a pairing. Do the, yeah. Barbara musical Walters. stuff, yeah. Barbara, Barbara Walters. Walters. That's, right. That's her. Yeah. <laughs> also, shout out. I like the recreation of Jay being too embarrassed to dance in front of <sighs> the camera. Again, a real clerk story that they had to do. But like now, again, now you're watching the the real stories of clerks through the fake lens of Clerks Three. But it's the re- it's very it, meta and weird. But I. Uh, <laughs> I, I they did a good music cue eventually, but I thought it was a missed opportunity to not play that song they danced to because yeah. I just love that fucking part where yeah. he breaks it down. Yeah, I thought yeah, they were yeah, actually yeah. gonna cause he cause he presses it and it's a different it's a different music cue. It's like I think more symphonic. Uh, and it ended up playing into the next scene. So I was like, oh, I understand why he did well, that. Well, remember, but... that was the thing. This, they're doing like a real thing where they hit the button and no music actually played. That was just the soundtrack that we're watching, but not what was happening. Yeah, exactly. Yet. Exactly. Yeah. But but I, I thought it would have been fun to. I mean, that's like my favorite part of Clerks. Where he, where I would like to see Berserker show up too. breaking it down. 
Olaf, oh yeah, no Berserker. Face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where, where, where is he? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And again, if we're, I think we're just tossing in all the fucking, you know, little things I, uh, from this or whatever of all the cameos and returns and shit. Fucking loved uh, Rick Darris and uh, uh, Alyssa's sister there being like, Asian design major. This sounds racist. How is it racist? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He focused he, on he Asian design. Majors in Asian design. But he just so happens. Awesome. Loved like, that. Okay, it was great. Um, I, real quick, Greg, to go just mention that like the Please. the the dance thing that was like stealing something from real life. Like, there's so many J moments that happened that were a reflection of like the real stuff. Where like he's first given the script and he reads it and he's like, I never say these things. That was another thing. Yeah. It was like yeah. when he originally gave the script, he was like, This isn't what what I sound like, and it just. All of those moments hit so well, but also I feel like Jay's performance, top-notch. He really brought it, I think, for this movie. Him overacting was very funny. I just think, I just, I just, he's just so fun to watch. He's just so silly and fun. He is funny. Sorry. I'm trying to check one thing, because I don't remember. Oh, okay. I, I didn't remember the, <laughs> all right, I, Kevin, do you remember the Lucille Ball story? On why that the one woman in the store does Lucille <laughs> no, Ball. No, what? that was. I kind of feel like that was her one requirement, where she's like, "I want to do it as Lucille Ball as well." And it, so I, here we it go. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. I laughed a lot just assuming that there was some built-in backstory. It's one of those like you I know, thought I hallucinated that. That was real. Sadly, you know, first off, I haven't watched the Clerks commentary in three decades, two decades, and then on top of that, now in the old days, it was very easy to keep track of every clerk story because it was the clerk's commentary and then like Kevin's blog or whatever. And now there's so many different things that I just can't keep up. A quick Google here. I got a Forbes article, right? Uh, Forbes in clerk, I'm just going to join the article in progress, right? In clerks, he was the cat shit, <laughs> the cat shit washing guy. And she was the ruse lady. Uh, they're both still kicking above ground. When we were making that first movie, Donna Jean, Donna Jean was like, I do a great Lucille Ball. Can you put that in the movie? And I was like, I certainly cannot. <laughs> I have no place for Lucy jokes in this movie. Here I am all these years later. And when I hand her the scene in Clerks 3, I was like, Donna Jean, can you still do Lucy? And she was like, of course. I'm an excellent Lucy. Amazing. So she finally got to do it years later. She didn't do a great Lucy. You know? I love it, though. <laughs> when, I love that. But, I, but, I it was, but it was like at that point where I was like, I knew all the other references. And this one happened. I'm like, you know, I'm just missing this one. But it's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. I, I liked it. And now that you know the heartwarming story of 30 years later giving her the shot to do what she wanted to do. Hell yeah. Go get him. Uh, blah, 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 blah. The donkey show, he runs a, yeah, at a night shoot attended by a local student reporter at the quick stop, which again was another like, let's just force people in. Because it's Mark, Mark Bernadine, right? Is a yeah. co-host from Fat Man on Batman. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah that, uh, what's the he other plays one? the husband, yeah. Yeah, but there's another podcast he does with Kevin. Where he pops up and he's doing that, and then it's the reporter, and then it's the mom, and I was like, "There's a lot happening here <laughs> in a way I, that I don't think we needed this." I just like that because of the situation and the fact that like they're trying to do this scene, and they're like, "We got to get it right, even though you're too fucked up to do it." And they go, and he has the heart attack. Yeah. I, it, it added just a bit, just enough to word that worked for me. I think it, I, for me, it was just we kept cutting back to the mom too many times. Where I was like, okay, okay, I see what we're doing here. I, I don't know. Anyways. Uh, this this mom, she's the host of the circle. Ah, That's who I that, thought we talking about. That makes way more sense now when you said that. <laughs> yeah. You said it the yeah. first time. I'm like, I don't know. That sounds really different. But I was like, yeah. I know this woman. Like, I've seen her before. 
Yeah, she uh, does. Someone, someone nailed it. She's a part. She what, used to be part of a comedy duo, like Hall and Oates or something like that. No, now see, you're mixing. That's, that's the dancing girl. Yeah, oh, that's the dancing girl. Yeah, Garf, Garfunkel yeah. and Oates is what they're yeah. called. Who's Hall and Oates? That's all this is a musical. It's the real, it's the real <laughs> one. That's a joke. That's a good joke. I like that the reporter's there, so it's them it's forcing them obviously to go on on a night they wouldn't usually stop or whatever. Right. Uh and then we get into the fight scene from Clerks One that then is of course their reality, but now we're into this one where they're faking it, but it becomes reality again in yet another fight. Dante finally explodes at Randall for never respecting him or acknowledging his support over the years and forcing him to relive the worst moment of his life uh, before he too suffers a heart attack. Again, I, 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 I was along for the ride in this scene in the same way Jay and Bob were, right? Where or Elias, I guess, whatever, but where Bob's working the camera and then like when, it, when Dante starts going off, he just pans it over and then finally like, tilts it down and brings down the hockey stick mic where he's like this is too real i yeah. I, I thought i loved it i really liked where it was going but then in the back of my head and in, in retrospect it's just like well this is what clerks one did too and what clerks two did too and now we're doing it again clerks three different outcome this time but yeah all the same uh dante has a heart attack like we said uh when rantel decides to leave dante at the hospital to continue work on the movie elias yells at him for his behavior and reveals dante's deal with emma uh, then you know Randall starts running, and I was like, "Damn, do you, can you run this? Can you run after a heart attack like this? Is this is this recommended? I don't know about that." Anyways, uh, fueled by guilt, Randall finishes editing the movie and sneaks back into the hospital with James on Bob's health, <laughs> which <laughs> I, I, I James just nailed it. Just nailed I, it. See, that's my thing is I loved it, and then I hated it when I pooped in the ICU. I was like, "That's the best we could do." And then when Bob <laughs> comes in and gets him in, I'm like, "I kind of like this." <laughs> I don't know. Like I was like, I feel like this is a journey in like three seconds. I'm just like, that was a stupid way to do it. He's got the mask he made, but I'm like, you know what? Whatever. Uh, he shows Dante the finished film, which he has re-edited so that Dante is the main character, declaring that the story was always about him. Uh, again, this is another really beautiful thing, right? Of like seeing it through uh, his eyes, uh, Randall's eyes, right? And so the scenes obviously our clerks won what we all know and love right but then we also saw them recreate it which i thought was so cool of like when dante is doing ronnie's nails on the thing but they're you know adults they're you know nearly 50 years old on the thing i was like that's so cool like that's a weird i never thought i would see this scene again with these people and it's like they're doing i'm like oh this is really cool and the way they did all that and so then to go back and see it again which i always find so fascinating right of like as somebody who loves these movies and knows them backwards and forwards the original stuff right the the tomes the historic tomes the sacred text knows them so well it is mind-boggling if somebody now is the you know the internet's there right so you see the trailers for clerks three and obviously like you follow people on twitter and you see instagrams and yada yada to have go, the juxtaposition of going back and seeing the footage of clerks one and be like oh man like Brian O'Halloran didn't always look like this. And I don't mean yeah. it like he didn't always look old, but it's like, oh, this is what Dante's always looked like, right? Like Dante mm -hmm. always looks like Dante. So yeah. even seeing Clerks 1 and Clerks 2, I was like, shit, fuck. Like I have watched these guys, like I, they were already grown up to an extent. I guess they were 20s or whatever, right? But I've seen them 22. mature and become old men, as they said, right? Like I was like, damn, that's fucking weird. I never thought about that, but there it is. Um, uh, declaring the story I, th I thought it was great. Yeah, this I yeah. think this is like, the best part of the movie and yeah, um sure. it's a great and it could be you know i think it's also kind of uh in a way really easy points to score <laughs> but yeah, of course you could sure. still fuck that up and they i don't think they did i think they kind of nailed these moments um like again even me not even having a long legacy with this franchise still really enjoying those moments and 
um yeah like they 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 absolutely crushed all these uh all these sequences yeah 100 percent. like i think it uh yeah them watching it is a super sweet thing uh you know randall having this moment again and calling him the main character stuff's really sweet yeah it's a great payoff for these characters again where i always want them to get right where i always want them to realize how good their friends they are and how much they love each other and stuff like and granted this is the third time they've done it but again it's the most meaningful way they've done it which i appreciate and yeah now honestly, i mean now death is the yeah is now the, it's the end we can't well i mean we'll see if they're bickering you know we have a force ghost bickering scene in the next time we pop into the view skewverse to see what's going on um yeah, and, you know, we go through the looking last into the theater. Dante watches the film with the spirit of Becky, appreciative of his friend's, friend's gesture before he dies peacefully at the hospital. Again, you know, you know where it was going, and I appreciated the realization from Dante even, right, of, like, he jumps into the theater, and there's this moment of it, and, like, even when Bex sits down, he, like, looks at her, and then he's, like, settles in, and they watch it together or whatever. And then, yeah, like, you know, uh, trying to leave. You know. Nick, go. Okay. Were you, were you, uh, Greg? Were you by any chance crying along with the lady in the front row because she was, no, she was losing it. <laughs> she wasn't crying. She was just That's a great in point. disbelief. No! To soften no! the mood here, yes. Like when, when the the when he you know flatline when he's like I I, 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 I let's go. It's not even over. But like nah, you know I trust you. Know, you're my best friend. But like then when you know Randall's freaking out about it and like the, it starts going slow mo and getting quiet and the doctors are rushing in, <laughs> the woman in the front of the audience just goes. No, no, <laughs> no, and continue saying no louder and in weird inflections all right. the way through. They're at the funeral. I wasn't yeah. sure you all could. Would. I wasn't was sure like, you all would what? hear it from her. Because by this point, point I, I had was... gone, I had gone to the restroom, uh, like I don't know when I left to the restroom, but when I got back, it was right before the meltdown happens and the heart attack happens from Dante. Okay. And so um must have been a couple uh, like a minute or two prior to that moment. Uh so I ended up watching the rest of the movie from the staircase on the right hand side. Sure. So I didn't know how audible she would have been oh, to the rest audible. of the theater. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's hilarious that like immediately Baird was like, No, we heard all of that. <laughs> we heard that lady freaking it, uh freaking out and just losing it over there. Andy, it was so loud <laughs> that by the fourth time she said it, I was like getting on board. I was like, I don't. I was like, I think he's not dead. I don't think he's gonna die. I think she's still convincing. <laughs> I think uh, her friend is dying right next to her right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ, so brutal. then we get a great funeral scene here, right? Yeah. Where uh, Randall steps up to talk, right, and he's like, "Usually I would quote a movie here, but you know, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. So I'll I'll borrow something from The Departed." Dante, not the movie, not the Scorsese movie that was perfect up until that weird rat scene. So hard, so fucking good. You so gotta be kidding! Good. Like that moment, I was like, yeah. vindication, Andy. This vindication. is a good I was like, are they about to? Is he gonna he say said it was a Alec great Baldwin movie? Sweating and bumped into things or whatever. He yeah, said that's it was my a thing. Movie, like he complimented that's, it. Like he's on if he our said, side. If he was about to say, not that Departed movie, that movie is a piece of shit, I would have been like, fucking Nick, I yeah. hate him so much. But at least he said that it was a perfect movie until oh, that man. final moment. We missed, <laughs> we missed right, the other... It was a weird shot of the rat. We missed yeah. the great... Uh, unless you guys talked about it when I went to the restroom. Uh, shot where he's like, 
something about a super pretentious director, and he's like, "Why are you talking about Chris Nolan?" Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Who's talking about Chris Nolan?" That was good. That was good. That was good. Uh, the funeral wraps up. Sometimes later, Emma arrives at the quick stop to take over the store or to collect the thirty thousand dollars she loaned Dante. At the last second, blockchain arrives and excitedly reveals that the NFT kite sold out immediately, making him and Elias millionaires overnight. Elias, who has joined Randall as the co-owner of the quick stop in Dante's steed, uses his share of the earnings to pay back Emma. Of course, too, there was this whole again weird thing where like before all this even happens right like uh, randall's like all right you're my new best friend i always said when dante and i was just like i get playing through the pain kind of thing but like how Mm -hmm. much for even if weeks have passed for you (laughs) they haven't for me the viewer like this is right a little weird to see you immediately jump to it i absolutely love that because that is like the the payoff from the clerks too when he was like hey you know he's not gonna be here forever he's about to leave and when he leaves you're it. You move into this slot. And, like, I think it's hilarious that, like, yeah, it happened. He's gone. And as soon as that is, the moment hits, he's like, all right, well, you know. You're, up. This is you're all I got. Yeah, <laughs> you're all the majors. I left. So you can call yeah. the majors. And it was before he got uh, the money, so you know he's in forever, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They get the money, they do the thing, and then Jane and Bob come in wanting kites. <laughs> they show them the kites they made of the buddy cries. <laughs> they all run around the store with them and leave with them. Again, this is where uh, Dante's spirit shows up at the cash register, and they do the slow do- – oh, I, you know, uh, Randall says, I really miss you, buddy, or whatever, and, like, mourns him a bit there, which I was like, oh, shit, this is actually a way deeper pain than they're going to get into in this film. And they pan out. As they pull all the way back, we, of course, get Kevin Smith's daughter, uh, Harley Quinn Smith, playing uh millie she already popped up jay's at the daughter. funeral she's yeah. jay's daughter from reboot she also makes eyes at blockchain who is a real life boyfriend who lives with them during covid or whatever uh anyways uh millie's on the ground checking the expiration of the oat milks which of course is a callback to the milkmaids from clerks one the milkmaid in clerks one played by kevin smith's mother kevin smith's mother of course in this movie as well when somebody somebody makes fun of the script and, and she's looking at it like who who's whoever wrote this my mother should be ashamed of them or whatever hilarious anyways we pull back <laughs> past millie credits then the kevin smith vo we talked at a lot about already right of like it would have been smod the voice is smod it would have said you know randall made more movies and was super successful but still worked the quick stop and then at 90 the whole uh job would be great if it wasn't for the fucking customers no this job's great because of the fucking customers and that's clerks three we we went through this real quick uh we we said it was good the speech of the funeral but i really loved the whole you're not supposed to be here today thing and the yeah. tying it back to the star wars stuff and that he is luke skywalker i was like yeah i don't yeah, give yeah. a shit what else happened in this movie this fucking moment was worth clerks three happening did you like when they were uh originally doing that when like they had the script and they were going through well who am i and like they're running around about Ch- ch- and then they come up to Dak, Dak, Dak. Is that who it was? Dak. Yeah, I was going to say Dak. Yeah. Dak. Yeah. Who I don't I even like, know. I don't know who this man who is, but is. I understand. Yeah, yeah, Dak, dude. Fucking Dak. Come on, it's Dak. Tim. <laughs> Fucking Dak, dude. Dak, Dak attack. I don't know who Dex is. I don't know. Yeah, Dak. Dak, bro. Dak, they didn't even make bro. a Hasbro toy of him. That's why I don't know him. Kinder. No. It- <laughs> Hit me oh, right. with Sorry. haiku in review. Seven syllables in the middle. You need five for the first and last line. If it's not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku in review. I, I totally forgot that. Yeah, I guess they did in the movie explain this. Yeah. Forgot that part. But yeah, he was the guy in the back. Now I'm Google at him. I do know who Dak is. Yeah, Would not know yeah. his name is Dak, Fuck though. Dak. We'll not remember his Dak name is Dak. We'll never Dak, bro. Ever remember that. Bro, yeah, you're Dak. right, Nick. You're right, Nick. I'm Dak, sorry. Uh, you can well, go to patreon.com. 
slash kind of funny to write your review in haiku form just like joe mertens did oh man hold on i'm gonna send this one to andy actually oh slacking you this now andy oh no from joe mertens joe the merc merkins mm-hmm. that's it you nailed it in the cadence <laughs> what okay he says please have andy read the first two in the cadence of galadriel okay oh, galadriel randall is unchanged i feel it in the water smell it in the air the dante who was supposed to be here today will remember it and then do you read the rest dante and randall will clash as always but then we'll always make up the lord of the rings superior trilogy Mm. but dick and fart jokes they don't have dick and fart jokes yeah they don't have those Schnick3 writes in and says, friends come together to support and make dumb art till the very end. Then that's he like has the a little per- asterisk. That's the perfect little... Uh, it is. It is. Nice little, little review haiku there. For it. Yeah. He has a little asterisk that says, the movie's about that, Kevin Smith's crew's about that, and y'all are about that life. How meta is that? Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, Schnick3. Let's go. Uh, and then finally, Mark Freeman writes in with a haiku and review. Doesn't necessarily look like a haiku, but I'm going to read it here. <laughs> Give them all Oscars. Got the film I expected. Then what would never thought was possible. I cried for 20 minutes. Greatest film ever. Mm. Now there's only one trilogy, <laughs> and that is of the clerks, not the rings. I like that. You know, I everybody's it. got bad opinions. Yeah, it's like okay. It. <laughs> <laughs> I also just, Mark, I love you, bro. I love you. I don't know that just putting a comma in places makes an haiku. No, it is. It does. I went to college. Hey, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. okay. Yeah. My bad. Perfect. My bad. You just got to use the right amount of commas. That's what makes it haiku. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy you got the movie you wanted, Mark. That is fantastic. That's the point of these movies, man. Like making the people that love them happy. Uh, but not everything's happy. Sometimes there's bad guys. It's too little ragu bagu. Uh, Ragu. Bagu. What's, What's up, everybody? Up, Welcome. Everybody. Go, Welcome <laughs> to Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys. I didn't we have make it. all the villains of the View Askew universe. Uh, right now, we have seven entries, and it goes like this. At the top of it, number one, Randall and Dante from Clerks 2. Number two, the trio from Dogma. Number three, Holden and his male insecurity from Chasing Amy. Number four, Shannon and Michael Rooker from Mallrats. Number five, Dante, his own worst enemy in Clerks. Uh, number Number six, Shannon Elizabeth, <laughs> Jane Silent Bob reboot. And number seven, uh, N.A., Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. There was no villain. It's just, we didn't rank it. We were just like, you know what? <laughs> it was a nice little movie of a road trip, and they got into shenanigans. Where, who is death? Is death the villain of uh, uh, heart, heart no, disease? I mean, yeah, heart disease. The number one killer. Yeah, <laughs> it's cholesterol. Yeah, it's cholesterol. cholesterol. And yeah. that's the number one killer. So we got to put it up top, right? I was going to say heart disease number one. Sure. Damn. That may be the number one Damn. villain of all the Ragubags. Put that on all the lists. What is it compared to the, these fucks from uh, Thor two? Um, all right, now it's time to rank the view askew universe. All right, number one currently is dogma number two is chasing amy number three is clerks number four is jay and silent bob reboot number five is jay bobby strike back <laughs> thank you <Randy. laughs> <laughs> number six is clerks two and number seven is mall rats who wants to start I, with I clerks three? It on there. 
Uh, Andy, I'll go I first. Start. I'll, I'll start off. I'm going to put this at number one. This wow. is my number one of all of them. Um, I, I just think it's really well put together near the end, and I enjoyed <laughs> near kind the of... end. <laughs> <laughs> Love the last 10 minutes. <laughs> no, but like it, it was easily the most impressed I've been with, I think, any of these movies. Like, I, I think they just, they, he really crushed those moments, and I had decent laughs throughout the rest of it. Um, and there was nothing that I could really point at and be like, oh, that was fucking awful. Like, I feel like I've had that with a lot of these movies um, where I just had, like, big annoyances amongst a bunch of different sequences I wasn't huge fans of. But I, I think this one, it might be, like, the best one, the best put together of all of his movies. Kevin, you had your hand uh, Yeah, a quick question for clarity here. Four is Jay and Silent Bob reboot? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that, at least that's what it's implying. Okay, yeah. Is that right? Oh, mm-hmm. strikes back, huh? All right. Yeah, I remember you were I remember you were really upset that episode. Yeah. You did not like Reboot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a tough one for me. Uh, well, let me uh, put my thoughts out here. I would put this as number four. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed this movie. I think that the, the three that are above it, I enjoy a lot more. Um, this movie... Hit me really hard in in the feels and like it like I think it's a great end cap for for the movies so far. I'm sure he'll do another Mall Rats or something else eventually. Mall Brats, remember he took photos. It was mm-hmm. gonna be an yeah. episodic thing. Yeah, yeah. Thank God that didn't happen, you know. But <laughs> like honestly, this is a return to form for me. Uh, there were some things that you know could have been stronger, but uh, overall, like the story was there, and I really felt some something. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if, you know, we always talk about recency bias when you're talking about games or game of the year and all that jazz. For me, there's like a recent recency penalty here for me where I like this movie a lot. I also obviously like all these movies. Well, not all, but, you know, I like lots of these movies a lot. So for me, it's this weird one where I can't put it ahead of Clerks Chasing Amir Dogma. I think those are better movies. And I also don't think this movie works without clerks, but I, I know we're not doing like if one didn't exist, then you get to number four, James on the Bob reboot. I'm going to put this behind James on the Bob reboot. I would vote five for this. Uh, I really liked reboot when we left reboot. I was similar to what Kevin's saying now. I was like, man, that was a return to form. Like that's what I want out of Kevin Smith. And I thought like, you know, I thought it had something to say about fatherhood that I really enjoyed and mm-hmm. liked here. It liked a lot. And I really love that Ben Affleck scene with it. Right. And I really love, uh, you know, the reintroduction of the pocket. I mean, I can go on of all the things I love from that movie. I thought that movie was really well done. It was a surprise to me. And I was like, damn, I really loved reboot and clerks three. I really love, but I love it because I've seen these other seven movies and I, I know mm-hmm. the characters so well through it. Like, I think if I was to sit here and talk, more about like you know the structure of the movie and the acting or this or that but i'd have more criticisms of it than i would the other ones if that makes sense so i'm gonna i'm gonna vote number five for this i want to swoop in here with the next one because while i think i'm with andy that this is number one in terms of like just it is the best of them i think uh, at the end of the day i'm gonna vote number five with greg where i think that Mm. uh this one did a great job and it, it is the best clerks three can be but 
Clerks was so revolutionary, and I feel like it completely nailed its gimmick. I think Chasing Amy and Dogma um, were like legitimately like entertaining movies just as their own. They didn't need to be Kevin Smith movies to be entertaining. Um, and Jansa Bob reboot, I think that and Clerks three are very close to me because uh, I think they both kind of achieved what their goals were. But at the end of the day, I think that the the heartfelt stuff being as on the nose as it was in this one, I feel like the Jay and Silent Bob reboot made me laugh more. And that's kind of what I'm looking for. And it also had some emotional moments as well. And I think the balance in that one just kind of played out better uh, than this one did. So I put it at number five in between the Jay and Silent Bob movies. Some would say Johnny Five's alive. Nick, you have to decide. You know what? I'll go ahead and agree with you guys on that one. I was going to make it a little bit lower, but y'all make it really good points. Um, I, I really liked the James Hunt Bob movie. I thought that was the last time that Kevin Smith really had something to say. And I think I like what he had to say, even though I'm not a father. Uh, I thought it was very heartfelt. And I love that last scene. And I love the messaging of, of uh, you know, the third act being the first act of your, your, your kid's uh, story going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved all that stuff. And I thought that was very heartfelt. Um, Jen saw Bob, everything below that, I don't know. I, although I do feel like Clerks 2 had a more fitting end for the characters, I still think this was like a better sort of like victory, not victory lap, like a love letter to the rest of the Views universe. It definitely so, is. Yeah. I agree there. So, um, you know, I'll put, I'll put it at number five. Let's do that. That sounds fun. So there we go. Number five for Clerks 3. I guarantee we'll return to this franchise one day, probably in the next three years or so, uh, if the cadence of his releases have anything to say about it. Let us know in the comments below, uh, all 12 of you watching this, uh, what you thought of Clerks 3, if you end up watching it. But real talk, you should go watch it. It's in limited theaters and stuff, but support cool people doing cool stuff. This is a perfect example of that. I think the takeaway should be what Nick said earlier, that like these people... They tried. They really did. And like they wanted to. And I and that is the nice thing. It is they 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 achieved it. They achieved what they were trying. So uh go for that. Um next week we're gonna do a special in review. It's gonna be a Star Wars rewatch of Rogue One leading into Star Wars Andor. That's gonna be the screencast Star Wars cast of so me, Barrett Courtney, Sage Ryan, and Anthony Carboni having a good time taking a look back. I think Gary would have written Star Wars Rogue One. Uh, But until next time, I love you all. Goodbye.